sometimes a person goes because they feel in their heart that they're supposed to go, but they're not sure what they can offer, or they're not even sure exactly why they're there. But mm-hmm. God knows in advance. He doesn't send you in vain. He already right. planned everything. All he needs from you is just for you to say yes. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out his spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have with us a very dear friend, Helen Todd from World Missions Alliance. And she's going to be sharing with us how God is moving in the nations of the world as he is pouring out his Holy Spirit. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so grateful to the Lord that he has brought you here today. You have tuned in for such a time as this because God has a calling on your life and he wants to use you to bring forth his outpouring in the earth. He wants to connect you with what he is doing by his Holy Spirit. So before we get started today with our guest, Helen Todd, we want to invite you to uh, go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and have a look around and look at the events that we have coming up and connect with us. You can give us feedback there. And you can see a link to our bookstore and a place to donate. So we welcome you to have a look around and join us in every way that you can get connected because we are in this together for the kingdom of God. So Helen Todd, we are so grateful to the Lord that you have joined us today. We know that this is going to be a life-changing podcast. Thank you for having me, Sharon and Philip. I really cherish our friendship uh, through all these years and our partnership in the ministry. So, you know, talking about God's move across the world is right the very core of my heart, and I can do this all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I, I just, I cherish the opportunity to do this together with you. I've been wanting to do it for a long, long time because you are doing some of the things that we love to do, and you're doing it with people from uh, all walks of life, taking them to the nations. But before we get into talking about that, first, I'd like to get your story of how you came to the Lord, because you didn't grow up in America. Tell us about that. No, Sharon, I did not. And I'm sure your listeners picked up on that, um, hearing my You just have a little accent. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, I think that my story is really was the very foundation um, and the beginning of the ministry that uh, my husband Chuck and I have today. I was born in the country that does not exist anymore, uh, which is the former Soviet Union. And uh, I caught the last years of this, uh, uh, of its existence and uh, As I was growing up there and attending school, I was completely surrounded by total godlessness. So uh, in those days, people in the Soviet Union were not allowed to believe in God. So there were no churches to attend. There were no Bibles available to purchase or to read. In fact, uh, it was criminal to own a Bible. And uh, even though 
I can't remember the time in my life, ever since I can remember myself as a person, I knew deep within my heart that God existed. I remember mm-hmm. asking my parents, and they didn't want to have that conversation. Wow. My mom would say, oh, I don't know. <laughs> when I asked mm-hmm. her if, if God was real, um, she always avoided. And I, I think she was honest. I think she really didn't know. Um, she she didn't mm-hmm. have a chance to explore that, you know, growing up in a country and living in a country where faith was not allowed. I, I guess most people didn't ask themselves those questions. But I knew somewhere in my heart that there was God. And I had this connection with him that surpassed my actual knowledge or understanding. And so when I was 14 years old, my uh, brother came home with a piece of paper and he shared uh, with my family that he met a couple from the United States and he got to practice his English with them. Mm-hmm. And in those days, yeah. even that was forbidden. So you were oh, not wow. allowed to talk to people from outside the country. Uh, so he uh, told my parents that they gave him this piece of paper. And when they looked at it, they were completely terrified because this paper was talking about God and Jesus. <laughs> and so uh, they were very concerned about the consequences that it could have on our family. And just to explain their fear you know, they had lived in that fear of persecution for Mm -hmm. years because their ancestors were brutally persecuted by Stalin during his regime. Uh, Mm -hmm. My great-grandmother was sent to Stalin's gulags for seven years. It's a miracle that she survived. And so that fear of the government and the persecution was very present in my family. So they were rightfully concerned. But I remember being curious, um, mainly curious why my brother was in trouble, (laughs) to be honest. So um, I took this paper to uh, another room and I read it. And I was just shocked that it affirmed something that I already knew within my heart. So it told me that God was real and that he loved me so much that he allowed his son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I didn't have to earn God's love. He already loved me. All I had to do was invite him into my heart. And at the end of this gospel track, there was a sample prayer. I was very thankful for that because I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to invite this God into my heart. But I decided to give this whole thing a chance. And (laughs) so I spoke this prayer. I read it out loud and I meant it with all my heart. And I invited Jesus into my heart. And then I completely forgot about the whole experience. Mm. I couldn't share it with anybody, you know, obviously I couldn't share it with my parents or my friends. And eventually it just sort of disappeared from my memory up until a few years later when I was already in college and the Soviet Union collapsed to Mm. everyone's great surprise. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, It literally collapsed overnight. You know, there was no preparation leading to it. And all of a sudden there was freedom for everything. If before there was freedom for nothing, now there was freedom for everything, good and bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, so at that point, it seemed to me like it was completely out of the blue, but I had this overwhelming desire to be baptized. Mm 
Wow. And so I um, didn't know any other place but uh, a Russian Orthodox church. And so my aunt went with me and she was my godmother. And the Russian Orthodox Church is not prepared to baptize adults because normally uh, children are baptized as infants when they're born. Mm-hmm. So they don't have really a baptistry <laughs> for a group mm-hmm. of persons. So they baptize an adult by sprinkling. But it was an incredible experience. Um, it was a completely... I, I walked out of this church and I felt like I was floating on clouds. Hallelujah. From that point on, uh, my journey began and God ordained my steps to help me find ways to grow my faith. And then to make the long story short, I met my husband who came to Russia as a missionary from the United States. And once we became married, God gave us the vision of this ministry. It was a small vision. We thought that we will spend our rest of our lives in Russia and form a Soviet Union sharing the gospel. But God had much bigger plans. He always does. He always plans for us are always so much greater than anything we can conceive in our mind. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing he doesn't tell us in advance to give us the big picture because it's frightening. But step by step, he uh, took us on this journey. And uh, we started World Missions Alliance with just an outreach in Russia and then expanded into China. And now, all these years later, we serve in 31 nations around the world. I Essentially love doing the same thing that that couple that smuggled gospel tracts into the Soviet Union did for me. Uh, I, it seems like God is very deliberately sending us to the world's hot spots where um, the gospel is either forbidden or not well received. And uh, each time that we're able to share Christ with someone, I I feel like I'm repaying God for this uh, gift that he granted me when I was just uh-huh. a teenager uh, living in a godless country by sending this very brave couple from the United States. And, you know, I didn't get to see them uh, because it was my brother who encountered them. And so I know that I, I don't know what they thought of their experience. I know they were risking a lot when they smuggled those gospel tracts into the Soviet Union. It was a huge risk. They were risking yeah. their freedom, possibly even their life, you know, by passing them out in the streets of Moscow yeah. in those days. Uh, and maybe <laughs> yeah. they didn't get to lead someone to the Lord in the salvation prayer. But mm-hmm. I know that at least one gospel tract produced an enormous harvest. So I'm looking forward to the day when I can walk up to them in heaven and tell them, thank you for doing what you did. I am here because of you. Isn't that beautiful? Wow, that is so tremendous. So you began to take small groups into the nations. You started out taking, we, we went with you to Russia back in the late 90s. And that was a tremendous experience for me. One of the, I think, the most unique experiences of my life were in the market. We were in Kolomna. Kolomna, sorry. And it's snowing. You know, we're in the marketplace giving Bibles away. And about 10 feet away are two Russian officers just talking to each other. You know, those big (laughs) hats, you know, the big wool wool hats and all that. And they they won't throw you in jail. You know, it was amazing because our... Yeah, and Sharon's 
dream was she always wanted to smuggle Bibles in Russia. Yeah. And that was the thing that scared me the most when I joined this <laughs> ministry. I thought, am I going to end up in jail you know, in Russia? Because <laughs> yeah. in, in our early days, we were we were Bible smugglers. Sister Gwen Shaw, our founder and, and her coworker, Siggy, when I met them, they were Bible smugglers. And I wanted to do that. I thought that was just, <laughs> oh, that's just wonderful. And I never did actually get to smuggle Bibles in behind the Iron Curtain, but I did get to smuggle Bibles into China uh, more than once, maybe two, three times. I don't remember just how many, but I, I felt like I was wired for that. And when we went to Russia with you back in the 90s, and as, as Philip just said, we were handing out Bibles in the streets. We were singing in the streets, and we were handing out Bibles. And then we went to the Russian public schools. And we were handing out Bibles in the Russian public schools. And I thought, who would have ever dreamed that the day would come that we could actually bring Bibles into the schools of Russia? That was stunning to me. Yeah. So you're doing that in a number of nations. Tell us a little bit about some of the nations. We went with you to Kurdistan. and In Kurdistan. But I think we were in Baghdad uh, with you a little bit, weren't we? Or maybe not. Maybe not. No, so. it must have been just Kurdistan. We we went to Baghdad on another trip. <laughs> I think that was even before you went there. But we, we've been with you there. We've been with you in Indonesia. We've been with you in Egypt. So those are some of the nations that you go to. Tell us some more about some of these nations and what God is doing and, and how, how he puts these teams together. So, you know, from the small beginnings that we had in Russia, um, the the nature of our work, evolved with the need, you know, as we mm-hmm. witnessed the need, uh, we adjusted what we do or modified what we do. Essentially, our main goal was to share the gospel with the people, you know, and and just give people like I was once, uh, people who had no access to the gospel message, to Bibles, this opportunity to hear the good news Along with that, we discovered how desperately the church in America needed to be exposed to the Great Commission, not just through church missions programs and sending monthly support to the missionaries, but just touching the harvest with their hands, you know, actually fulfilling what Jesus commanded every Mm -hmm. Christian to do, which is going to all the ends of the earth and making disciples. We recognize the transforming power of the Great Commission on a a person's life that is so much more than just being obedient to Jesus. He didn't didn't give us this commission just to impose one more chore on us, you know. (laughs) It was actually a blessing that is hidden for us in the Great Commission. And so we made this our secondary goal to make sure that no Christian misses out on that blessing. And so this is where the idea came of bringing teams with us, not just sharing the gospel, just Chuck and I, uh, you know, Chuck and Helen Todd Ministries, but bringing alongside us believers who have this desire, who have this stirring, stirring in their heart for the Great Commission. And to our great surprise, we discovered that there's a huge number of people <laughs> within the yes. church that are very underutilized in that aspect. And so I feel like in that sense, we felt the need that was there. And, and you know, it became our second mission 
is to see the church grow and mature through sharing the gospel in the nations and, and yes. watching people blossom in discovering this new calling and a greater purpose in their lives. So um, as far as the nations, you know, we never had a goal, like we never put a map on the wall and said, okay, we're going to take over this part of the world or this is the pattern <laughs> that we're going to follow. It never worked like that. Uh, we actually never aspired to be in a large number of countries. Uh, at first, we were very comfortable with just working in Russia and China. It's kind of convenient, you know, they border each mm -hmm. other. And also, oh. they're both um, countries that one was, the other one is under communism. So we felt like we kind of understand the situation and what are the needs that we're going to meet among the people. But... Um, Again, God's plan was much greater. And so I, I think by now, looking back uh, over 20 years um, on the history of World Missions Alliance, I think the pattern that God has for taking us to each new country is bringing us to a nation that is on the verge of a great move of God. Because yes. exactly the reason I believe that God brought us into China in 1999 at the time where all you heard about China is that the Christians are being thrown in jail and persecuted mm -hmm. and tortured. I was not aware of any missionaries at that time actually physically going to China unless they were like smuggling Bibles, you know, and mm -hmm. um or teaching English. Or teaching English, yes. So it was at that time that Sister Gwen Shaw's son, Tommy, approached my husband and said, God told me that you were supposed to go to China. And uh, my husband rejected this at first. Um, <laughs> and he politely told Tommy that he talks to God too every day and God did not <laughs> convey that message to him. But... Um, you know, he agreed to pray uh, for the map of China, just to continue to pray very intentionally for the country of China. And it wasn't but six months later that Chuck and Tommy were on the airplane heading to Hong Kong. <laughs> it was May of 1999. And the day that they landed in China was the exact day when NATO accidentally bombed the Chinese embassy in Yugoslavia. And of course, China did not believe in accidents, and they were extremely <laughs> upset. I, I think this was, we were very close to war with China at that moment. And yeah. that was the day that Chuck and Tommy crossed the border from Hong Kong into mainland China to open the doors to the gospel. <laughs> yes, wow. Terrible timing from the human perspective, but God. Yes, because um, yeah. Chuck put this condition before God that the only way that we would accept this calling into China was if we can do it openly, not smuggling mm -hmm. Bibles, not teaching English. If we can do in China the same thing that we were doing in Russia, bringing teams and openly sharing the gospel. And that was a pretty big stipulation, you know, it was. considering it was the circumstances huge. and the situation mm -hmm. in China and the tensions between China and the U.S. This was a pretty much Chuck tried to put God in the corner and tell God, I tried, but didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> plan. <laughs> so he requested a meeting with the government official, a communist government official who was overseeing all religions in that region. 
And he showed up to this meeting with a Chinese Bible. He presented him with this Bible and he said, this book tells me to obey government authorities. So I am here with my respects towards you. Um, and I ask your permission to share the gospel with the Chinese people and bring teams of American missionaries <laughs> to do so. Uh, he was fully expecting uh, expecting to be rejected with this request. To his great surprise, his request was favorably received and even a document was signed uh, that gave us this official permission from the government representative to do so. Completely shocking. I mean, shocked us more than anyone else. And we didn't find out until a few months later that there was a backstory to this, that this very same government official, seven years prior to meeting Chuck, was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. And the doctors gave up on him. The doctors told him he was going to die. And it was the Chinese pastors, Christian pastors, that came to him and asked to pray for him. And after this prayer, he was miraculously healed. The cancer was gone from his lungs. The doctors could not explain that he was recorded as an unexplained medical mystery. (laughs) We We call it a miracle. (laughs) He was smoking, chain smoking, one cigarette after another. That experience taught him nothing about health. (laughs) One thing he learned from that experience was that it wasn't the medicine that healed him, but it was the God that the Chinese Mm -hmm. pastors prayed to. And so he told us a few months later after we met him that when Chuck came to his office with this request, he knew instantly that God healed him for this very moment so that he could say Mm -hmm. yes to Chuck and open the doors for American missionaries to come. And since then, up until just, Three years ago, we have continued going to China regularly, sometimes six times a year, sharing the gospel, distributing Bibles, never with a hindrance, never being threatened in our safety. It, it has been the most amazing experience. And the and the revival of faith that we witnessed there, the growth in the size of churches has been absolutely unprecedented. And even though right now the situation there is very tense and the church is again under much persecution, the wave of freedom sort of ended. And right now they're under a very oppressive government. I have no concerns about the Chinese church. I know they're strong and mature in faith. And Mm -hmm. I know that the persecution is only going to make them stronger. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And you were working with the above ground church. You weren't right. working with the underground church. We were working uh, and, with and, the official three self church. Yeah. And, and most and, um, most visibility, you know, we didn't have to hide. Uh, we couldn't yeah. hide in China. We didn't blend in. So exactly. being able to yeah. share the gospel in the official churches allowed us to reach as many people as we possibly could. But, you know, this is just one example of how God called us into a new country. Each one of the countries where we work in today has been something very similar. God's timing, you know, a sign from him, the right people that he connected us with. So uh, the pattern 
of the nations that uh, we travel to is entirely up to God. That like we have yeah. absolutely no control over that. We we're just following the call, remaining in constant awe of what God does and how He does it, and mm-hmm. and humbly privileged to be a small part of what God does in each one of these nations. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and and you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit in each case. It's probably different in every nation, right? It's different in every nation. And we try not to create our own agendas because, mm-hmm. you know, our understanding is limited. Uh, when we come to a new country, especially, we recognize that what is visible, what we can obtain from the sources of news media is normally not what we need to know to start our work. So we truly strive to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit and and in in people, a lot of magic, if you will, <laughs> happens <laughs> by God connecting us with just the right people, like-minded uh, people. Mm-hmm. Our goal has never been to start churches, although in some countries we ended up starting churches, but our main objective is to work with the local churches that already Beautiful. exist, that mm-hmm. are already doing something, and support them as much as we can in their growth and in their evangelistic efforts. And so finding the partners, um, it is never a denominational criteria because our ministry is interdenominational and we partner with churches from different denominations it's more that we look for partners who are aligned with the same vision of winning souls for Jesus, mm-hmm. being very evangelistic uh, in their mission. And once we find partners like this and and uh, we start working together, we see the most miraculous things happen. Beautiful. Amen. Beautiful. And, yeah. and a major thing that you do is you take Bibles. And you provide Bibles to people. Bible distribution has always been uh, very, very close to our hearts. Of course, because of the story of how I came to Christ through a gospel track, there was not a person next to me who preached the gospel to me, but it was the printed word of God. And so if a tiny gospel track could accomplish uh, these results, I mean, how much more the complete word of God can. And so... We um, have been very, very focused on the Bible distribution. It's becoming easier now because, you know, we've noticed that in every country, even in refugee camps, little children have cell phones. (laughs) 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 With the Bible apps, there are so many more ways for people um, to to have access to the Bible, like your podcast, Sharon. People have access to it in the countries where the gospel is forbidden. And, yes. And uh, I, I mean, we have now more than ever the opportunities to share the word of God. So uh, I, I feel like we have to take advantage of every opportunity possible. But we still love, absolutely love presenting people with the word of God when we do evangelism. Um, because I know that Essentially, this is the most important life-changing gift I can leave behind with anyone. Yes. And, you know, we always, especially in the countries that are impoverished or the refugee camps, we're very intentional about providing help. You can't preach the gospel to a person in need and 
not help them, you know, their immediate physical needs. But in the end, the most important gift I leave behind with them is the word of God, if they're willing to receive it, because the food is going to be eaten, the clothes will wear out, Mm -hmm. but the word of God will continue to transform their lives. So uh, even though I can always tell them, hey, you can download the Bible app on your phone and read it at any point. There is something Mm -hmm. about presenting a person with the printed word of God that makes it very special and meaningful. Yeah, very true. Very true. There's something about holding it in your hand and turning the page. I I remember in the, there was a church in Russia, underground church, that they had one Bible. I think they just ripped the pages out of the Bible and just give everybody a page and read it. And then they just swapped them around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's lots of stories like that. I remember hearing a story of a, of a pastor that had, one page of the Bible to preach from for a long, 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 long time. And it was a page out of Deuteronomy. Oh. Uh, that, but that's what he had. And, and you know, the Holy Spirit can, the Holy Spirit wrote the thing in the first place. And the Holy Spirit will highlight things and give you inspiration. And that's what, that's what makes you a disciple is, mm-hmm. is the reading and the, it, the digesting and making the word flesh for yourself. So how do people... Uh, get involved to get to be part of a team? Well, really, they they just have to apply. Uh, we've tried to make the process extremely easy because we, I personally don't see any limitations that Jesus put on people when he gave the Great Commission. He didn't say you have to be <laughs> a certain age. He didn't mm-hmm. specify the education level. Uh, he didn't outline gender. He didn't put uh, requirements whether you should be married or single. He just gave it to everyone who calls themselves by his name. And so we want to make it as easy and accessible for people as possible. So um, we have an application process. Uh, On our website, we even have now a digital application. You don't have to print anything out. You can (laughs) fill it out right there and submit it. Um, The only other uh, thing that is required with the application is a letter of recommendation because we have so many new people um, that are mm-hmm. contacting us. And uh, it is important for us to know that the person has a spiritual oversight of either a pastor of a church that they attend, or maybe a leader of a Bible study that they're involved in, or any spiritual oversight that is willing to recommend them. This, this protects us from having people on our team that are not quite spiritually ready um, to join the team. But that's it. Once this application is approved, they are ready to travel at any point whenever they're ready to go. And our wonderful staff here at World Missions Alliance, they do everything they possibly can to make it happen, uh, including help with fundraising or help with booking flights, uh, helping them connect with the team along the way. We, we try to do everything to make this process as smooth as possible so that the person who is called to the Great Commission can just focus on what God wants them to do, focus on the message that God placed on their heart, the testimony that God wants them yes. to share. We've uh, more recently in the last seven years added medical missions to our outreach. 
Um, at first, we were a little hesitant about this because uh, neither one of us are medical professionals and we did not want to venture into something that we're not qualified or equipped for. But God mm-hmm. sent us wonderful doctors and nurses and uh, who are believers. And uh, their main goal is to share Jesus through their skills with the people. And we found out that this is the most wonderful opportunity to expand our evangelism to the segments of population that would never show up at the church meeting or may not stop long enough in the street to listen to your presentation, but they want to get medical advice. (laughs) So we go to the clinic. For for some people in Muslim countries, this is an excuse to come to the church because by by Uh, the society's standards, they're not allowed to come to the church. But if they have an excuse of visiting a clinic, it's completely different. So it actually gives people an opportunity to reach out if they're interested. And we never make it a point where the only way they can receive medical care if they listen to our gospel presentation. (laughs) It's never (laughs) like that. Uh, The clinic is open to everyone, free to anyone, and um, only if they want prayer, only if they want to receive the Bible, it's there and available to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. I remember being part of uh, one of those medical missions and, and being part of the prayer team that was available to pray for people. You know, they'll see the doctor, but they also get prayer if they want it. And, uh, and we, we prayed over people, you know, from a distance, we could pray for them even without them asking and just asking the Holy Spirit to open their hearts. And, and so, so prayer is a huge part of your teams, uh, medical people or not. Uh, maybe you, your, your testimony is the part that's going to be changing li- uh, the lives of people around you. You know, there's, there's opportunities to give you testimony, whether you're outgoing or whether you're introverted, mm-hmm. there's a place for you. If you're feeling that call of God to the great commission, maybe you don't feel like you can speak in front of people, but you can pray or you can hand out Bibles, or maybe you're a musician, uh, you know, whatever your talents are, there's, there's a beautiful dancer that goes on some of these mm-hmm. trips, you know, probably more than one, but I'm, I'm thinking of Jessica Orsak, yes. um, and, and how she's used of the Lord in, in worship and, you know, seeing someone being so free to worship the Lord in movement can set people free. Whatever right. your skill is, whatever whatever your gifting is, God wants to encourage you to be a part of what he's doing in the earth today. So I'm, I'm saying that to our listeners. Um, there's there's uh, all of these different nations that, that WMA goes to. I'll just ma- name a few. Kosovo, Mexico, Albania, Greece, Moldova, Ireland, Argentina, Bosnia, Egypt, Thailand, just these different nations that God has opened to them. Uh, you'll find the full list on their on their website. Tell, tell us your website, Helen. The website is rfwma.org, or people can just Google World Missions Alliance and it will lead them to our website. Okay. Uh, I will say it again. It's rfwma.org. And uh, We'll put a link in the show notes. We really uh, encourage anyone who has a calling towards the Great Commission and is not sure how to proceed about it to check out the website. It really has a lot of information already on the website, but it also has a way to contact us, send us a message, reach out, and uh, 
we're always here to talk and answer your questions. Um, as you were sharing about being a part of the medical mission in Egypt, I remembered a story that happened during that trip. So uh, maybe you remember it, but uh, because it was a little bit of a tense time, I think they had some kind of rioting happening uh, in Egypt. Mm. They assigned uh, a police officer to the team for the team's protection, uh, but mm-hmm. also uh, my husband felt like he was kind of watching us, making sure we're not doing things we're not supposed to do. So yes. my husband was extra cautious around him, you know, even though it seemed like he didn't quite speak English or understand English. Uh, my husband really was uh, cautious. Well, during one of these clinics, as the prayer team was praying for the patients, he came up to my husband and he started tugging on his uh, sleeve. And because there was language barrier, Chuck couldn't quite understand what the problem was. And so finally, he took Chuck's hand and put it on his head and oh. gestured like, pray for me. <laughs> Why are you Hallelujah. <laughs> that was so beautiful. And uh, of course, Chuck prayed for him. But yeah, the opportunities come up during these missions. Uh, and God knows exactly why he has you there. This is the most beautiful thing. Sometimes a person goes because they feel in their heart that they're supposed to go, but they're not sure what they can offer, or they're not even sure exactly why they're there. But mm-hmm. God knows in advance. He doesn't send you in vain. He already right. planned everything. All he needs from you is just for you to say, yes, be obedient to this. And then watching people discover maybe that one person that their story spoke to or that one person that they gave a hug at just the right moment or a person they gifted the Bible with. And and suddenly it brings meaning to so many things in your life. And, you know, that, that challenge that you faced and you overcame with your faith and now you're able to share it with another person somewhere across the world and see that person recognize Jesus through all of this, doesn't this make it all worth it all of a sudden? Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes, it does. So um, it's, wow. it's a very healing experience for many people. Uh, for yes. others, it's just being able to discover gifts and talents they never knew they had. Right. Um, yeah. And for everyone is experiencing this ultimate satisfaction of serving together with Jesus, you know, watching him mm-hmm. build the kingdom and us being the co-laborers with him. Isn't that just Amen. the most amazing privilege and pleasure? Yes, yes. And I would have to say that many times, especially if you go to a place where there's there's oppression, you come away with a deeper respect for those that are maybe not so privileged as, as you might be because of, of the price that they pay for their faith, that their faith... You know, maybe they haven't had some of the experiences that you've had, but they've had experiences that they they have made right choices to follow Jesus in a very difficult times, and mm-hmm. and it gives you faith. It yeah. gives you it gives you um, gives you some backbone. Like like okay, if they can do it, I can do it. So you're very um, correct. It, you discover in these nations that you can have church on a dirt floor with no microphone, no fog yeah. machine, no light, <laughs> and the Lights. presence of the Spirit 
is so powerful and so strong and people are being saved and it just gives you a whole different perspective you know on faith and 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 how god is able to move in the darkest corners of the earth and that the greatest persecution people are still finding him people are yes. still being transformed by the holy spirit it's very hopeful it's it's you know, we have this conference coming up where you are going to be preaching. And uh, I was just going to bring that up and tell, have, have you tell us about it. Yes. Yeah, so this is coming up really soon. It's uh, March 29th, 30th and 31st. And it's in Branson, Missouri at the Thousand Hills Resort. It's a former Radisson Hotel. But the theme of the conference is Hope Rising. And yes. I think it is just the most timely subject because I see these glimpses of hope all across the globe, even in the midst of us recovering from this pandemic and all the war going on between Russia and Ukraine and turmoil and economy uh, not being good. In the midst of all this, there are these glimpses of hope of God's kingdom expanding and growing yes. and, and the signs of Jesus's soon return, there is so much hope. Uh, and what better place to see this and find out than the Great Commission? This is like the ultimate source of news, if you ask me. <laughs> listen yeah. to the missionaries, yeah. listen to the messages that they bring from their adventures. This is the good news. This is the news that should feed our soul and build our hope. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And this is not being streamed live. So I would really encourage all of our listeners, if you're feeling a tug that you're that you're you're maybe called to do some missionary work. It doesn't matter what nation or maybe maybe I've mentioned a nation that that you are called to and you didn't know how to get there. This is a great way to start. And and I know that there are people who have gone on these short-term mission trips. What is it, about 10, 11 days it's that you 10 do? days normally. 10 days? Mm -hmm. 10 days? So spending 10 days, uh, that includes your travel, uh, but spending 10 days to do something that you've never done before. I've known people who have gone into full-time missions after they've done a mission trip with you. Very so Very uh, I'm just encouraging our listeners, come to this conference, if you possibly can, in Branson, um, March 29th, 30th, and 31st. And actually, in 2023, this is 2023, 2023. in case somebody's <laughs> listening to this in, in the archives. Weeks, less than, less than two weeks. Well, and if you can't come, uh, because it is a bit of a short notice, even though it's not being streamed live, we have a digital conference that will be posted just a couple of days after the actual conference ends. And so, again, if you go to our website, rfwma.org, you can register for the digital conference and you will receive the links to all the sessions, including the one where Sharon will be speaking. And uh, you can just enjoy the conference from the comfort of your phone, on your laptop, or on your phone, and uh, still, still be a part of it that way. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Helen, for being with us today. Before we go, would you pray for our, for our listeners? Absolutely. Father, I just uh, glorify your name today, Father, and I lift to you all those who are tuned in to this podcast today, Father, and some of them might be in the same situation that I was um, in my youth and in my childhood. They don't have the access to the Word of God. They don't have uh, churches around them, or perhaps they just 
tuned in by accident and they're seeking you, Lord. And Father, I just pray that you speak to their hearts, Father, that you speak to the very depths of their heart, Father, that you will make yourself real to them today, Lord. Father, I lift to you those who are faithful followers of you, but perhaps they have this uh, desire in their heart to serve you, but they haven't discovered yet how. Lord, I just pray that you continue to reveal yourself to your children, Father, and make your plan known to them, Father, so that none of them will miss out on these great pleasures and joy and peace that you prepared for those who put their faith and trust in you. Lord, I lift to you global outpouring right now, Father, and the tremendous calling and the mission that you have placed on this ministry, Father. I pray that you continue to show your favor to them, Father, and open doors to them as they bring people to the awareness of you, Lord. We give you praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And I also want to mention about your podcast, uh, Limitless Spirit. Tell us where to find that. Oh, it's, it's also on it's your website. It's really available on every podcast platform that is out there pretty much. Uh, it's on iTunes. It's on Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon. Uh, it's real easy to find. Just type in Limitless Spirit and you can subscribe and follow the episodes. I... Um, have some pretty cool guests there. <laughs> and I am looking forward to having you, Sharon, on the podcast. I know you're we'll do that sometime. busy, but we'll just have to sync our schedules on this in the nearest future. Yes. Thank you so much, Amen. Helen. And please give Chuck our love and regards. And we're looking forward to seeing you at the conference. God bless you. See you very soon. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed today's podcast... Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence. <laughs>